Hello and welcome to All The Overs, the only Essex cricket podcast. I'm Terry. I'm Cheese. I'm Owen. And together we are three friends who just come together to talk Essex cricket and not a huge amount else. Uh, we do digress every now and again, but mainly we stick on topic. So really good to see you guys, um, albeit on what is quite clearly a very sad day uh, with the Queen's passing. Yeah, Cheese and I were talking about... Um just before we came on mm. our recording actually how like what a momentous occasion it is and how none of us have been through anything like this before and uh, i think she's a very, very good comment there how like people have been born lived had grandchildren and passed away during her reign so it's, it's such like an unknown for most people yeah it's, it's a momentous loss isn't it she's a an icon of england a global icon you know she's um adored by millions um she'll be very sadly missed and i know that um i think i'm not i'm not so i'm not someone who would you know say that i big up the royals all the time or anything like that but you know um i do i've always thought the queen is a a real stalwart um you know an, a woman with integrity who works flipping hard um literally working up to the day before today you know Except yeah, the new not, Prime Minister. People don't know that in fact she did two engagements a day for most of her life. Is um mm. but also she, you know, the SE connection, she knighted, she knighted one of our players, which is um not many cricket clubs can you know have that connection to to the, the monarch. That you know, one of their still playing players is you know knight of the realm. So imagine if Addison quite quite you know, Addison's might be quite a a moving time, given he's you know he's been there meta. Several times as England captain as well. Mm. Yeah, and she was um, quite the supporter, wasn't she? So, what a shame. What a sad day. But there we go. I think it's um, it's a good idea to to move on to something that I think, uh, had she lived to see it, would have been, she'd have been quite cheered by um, today. Let's talk Kent, because I'm a bit down about the Queen. <laughs> it was a smashing. Total thumping. Um, I actually, you know, you know, people talk about jaw dropping moments. Like, like in cartoons, and they don't really mean it. This was jaw dropping. I felt quite smug, actually. I know it's Kent and everyone like, tries to create this false rivalry between the two clubs, which doesn't really exist. Um, but I, BBC Cricket tweeted out this morning, this morning where, or was it yesterday? Lancashire got thrashed by somebody. Not Lancashire, Leicestershire got thrashed by somebody yesterday. And I was thinking, wait till the Essex game concludes, because that is going to be a much bigger margin. Um, to win by 230 runs is a huge... 260. 260 runs, sorry, is a huge victory. To win by innings and 260 runs is just an absolute drumming. And I, I like when you watch football matches, like you know, the England women the other night, you know, won 10 nil. I don't really get much. I don't really get much satisfaction from that. It's just like that's a really one-sided, boring game. With cricket, I love winning comprehensively. It's just it's such a satisfying, you know, especially when you're bowling second and you take that last wicket. And this is 
over and done. You've thrashed them. You're not hanging around for the conclusion of the game like football. We have to wait around for the, the whistle to blow and it's sort of an anticlimax. That wicket's gone. Boom. Done our job. And, and then some. I, I thought it was so... It was so nice to come back. We'll talk about later off the back of the one-day cup and then come straight from the Red Bull game. I think most, most Essex fans, or at least at least our listeners, are you know know it's our it's our core um, core quality. Our, our core, yes, you know what I mean. It's, our, it's the, the bit that we're best at. And then they go like, yeah, let's remind ourselves how good a team we are with no harm as well. We don't, you know, not saying we don't need him, but like. All those naysayers saying, "Oh, you don't you, only because you produce produce spinning wickets for Harmer." No, didn't need him. Away match, thrashed him. Well, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this before. So, it's... yeah, I can't talk. Jeez, rare, I need you. It's one of those rare performances where everyone's put shifting. There's not. Mm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that back. I was about to say there's not a singular performance that's won us the game, as we've referenced in a fair few things. You know, I like Cooks made 100, 150, and that's won us the game, or Harm has taken eight wickets. In this game, there has been some stellar performances, Cushy and Cook, Sam Cook, that is. However, it's also been balanced with Critchley, Chef. Wesley, Allison, all chipping in with good scores. Other players chipping in with the ball as well. And we've talked about it a few times that we win when we have exceptional performances from individual players. But we lose games when the others don't step up around them. Mm -hmm. And this is a demonstration of if just everyone, it's not even playing well, just plays to their average. This is how good we are. Yeah. Can we just and to focus on Sam Cook's um, seven for and the fact he got ten wickets in the match, which is incredible. His economy rate in the first innings was one point eight. That is absolutely incredible. And then his second innings was one point seven. Nineteen overs and fifteen overs respectively. It's just that's one point eight. Yeah, 1.8, 1.7, 1.73, 1.73. Nine maidens and then... 1.74 if you're going with BBC. Okay. Well, okay. Obviously. But yeah, it's... Um, Splitting hairs. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's, that's absolutely incredible. I, I, don't, I don't think people... I think it's worth, those of you who got the, can do the maths in your mind, of what one boundary and over will do to your economy rate if you're at that low level. If you're like going at one and a half and over, one boundary just bumps it up massively. The fact that he's just con- constantly, you know, fifteen overs just got those like low, low single, a couple, a single off and over. It's absolutely incredible. And the fact that it was away as well just kind of puts the cherry on top as well, because we talk so much about you know the the advantage of Fortress Chelmsford, but actually. This is a thumping across the board, comprehensively, away. So I think that just give, just just gives it a bit of extra sparkle. That just makes it a you know what what a way to to come back after which I know we'll talk about um, in a bit 
uh, the losses of in the in the Royal Under Cup. But I just I look I look at this and I think that's something that should just be printed out as it is and framed because it's just momentous. But there you go. Cushy, 164. Wow. That's a phenomenal knock. Do his confidence <laughs> really, really well. And we've been, to be fair, we've been, games. yeah. We've been talking about Cushy, haven't we? You know, the fact that he's he's one to watch and has been one to watch for a while. And that just confirms everything we've been talking about. The fact that he is so, so on the money. And it's just a, you know, if he hadn't been caught, you know, could have knocked 200 possibly with that kind of kind of score. So we won't talk about Rossington's score there, but he still contributed. Well, Rossington got two five catches, didn't he? So, um... he did, yeah, no, I, I knew I was going to get onto that. Mm-hmm. Man turns up to do his job. Uh, more news <laughs> at 11. Uh, you, <laughs> can you praise a wicketkeeper for taking catches? Is always there to do. But... Yeah, it's one of those things where you do think, like, you can praise bowlers taking wickets. They're not there to take wickets, are they? They're to, um, well, they are there to take wickets, but their their main role is is bowling economically and on target. But yeah, I think keepers, you're expected to stand there and take all the edges. Maybe that's me. Maybe maybe it's an unsung position. You know, they don't get enough credit because because some catches are you know are harder than others. But that's fair. He, he did his job and he did his job well. Yeah, I think someone like Foster went above and beyond. He took stumpings that most people wouldn't ever get near. near. But he took wicking keeping to a different level, though. I think he was he was another class. But we've talked so much about us relying so heavily on our bowling attack. This just shows that you know when everyone is on form, we can do really incredible things so I think this 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 is a, a momentous a momentous day actually for that I see Wesley gets some runs as well you know as captain leading from the front I say it's yeah, what was it was it 54 was it yeah, yeah. 54 decent score yeah I mean, apart from Lawrence I mean you look at the score where they've got Brown 45 unlucky to get a half century Cook 78 Wesley's 54 Lawrence 9 um Critchley 90, unlike the century. Critchley, amazing score. And then the rest of them aren't really batters. So, yeah, as you mm. said, that's an all-round mystery. So it's an all-round performance. Everyone's done their job. Everyone's turned up to work. And, we forget, and while this is going on, the twos are playing and Aaron Beard score a century. Ooh! So, yeah. Well done, Aaron. I think he captained the twos this week. I'm not 100% on that, but I think he was captain. Yeah. He's a good egg, is Aaron. I think I'm calling him. When you're Aaron Bearder looking at that and you've got your the scene bowling attack just taking wickets for fun, you think how are you going to break into that? I think there's still a spot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't write Beard out yet. He's had some good performances. Allison, I don't think, is as established. And we've also seen, we've seen some very crazy lineups. I know it was 100-centric. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and had the one day cuff going on, but we've seen seven bowlers in the in the lineup. 
at one point. So who knows what we'd play? Yeah. Anyway, I think it's good. I think I know it's unfortunate that the season sort of you know run past us now. We're not going to get exceptionally unlikely we're going to get near the top. Well, with three games remaining, I think to be honest, my 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 view is that we we go out to the rest of the games with our heads held high and just put our best our best effort in and. I don't think we need to have. I'm not. I'm not saying lower expectations or anything like that. But I think, given how well we've done today, um, I think it's it's just go out and see what we can get for the last games. And if 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 it comes out really well, brilliant. But if it doesn't, actually, it's not been a bad season. It's not been the best season, but you know, it's we've do had some. That, like no, I don't want it. Now. Of course not. If we win our next three games and everyone else throws around us and we end the season second off, you know, bonus points and those sloppy draws at the start of the season, that's going to feel worse than just sort of going, let's take whatever from the next three games. This game is a statement game. It's a reminder to everyone else that it's not gone our way, but we're still there and we're still a quality side. Next three games, no pressure. Who cares what happens? You know, going out, if we did win, it would feel a lot sorer at the end than it does now, sort of resigning yourself to we weren't quite in the mix. Yeah, true. Because we've always got, got, um, in two games, time with Lancashire, haven't we? That's, That's sort of a second, third place battle at the moment. So yeah, we can. I think I think third would be nice to finish on. But I agree with you, Cheese. That if we if we finish this season on a high, yeah, that 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 start we had is going to be a bit grating. But we can get our um, eggs in line, or what the phrases. Ducks in line. Ducks in line. Very close. Yeah, frustrating. But wouldn't you Let's rather go out on a high than kind of just sailing through and? You know, I wouldn't want to be reminded how close it was. Yeah, like, true. You know, the no, start, I agree. I just think the start was so sloppy. The draws, the needless draws with bits and pieces, silly losses that we shouldn't have had. I know it's like a woulda, coulda, shoulda kind of mentality, but I'd rather be miles away and go, right, we need to rebuild or we need to focus on this or there's been some highs and lows, but overall, not our season, then, oh, we were really close. And actually, on reflection, we were better. We just let ourselves down. If you look at um, the, the points table, so it's it's things like, it's our bonus points are just awful. So we've actually, we've only, we haven't lost and drawn many more games than the people above us. Hampshire doing pretty well. But we just haven't got the bonus points. So look, we are, compared to, this case is Lancashire, the one above us, we are six batting points and eight bowling points off them, in terms of beneath them. And that's, so it, it seems that we haven't strategically got those, that first innings runs and wickets to, 
and that, that's I think that, that's also what's cost us is that we're not we're not getting those 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 added points you need. It's not you know crickets. Can championship is more than just about winning games, isn't it? It's you need to get those batting bonus points sorted out. And obviously that that was a lot worse four days ago before we got before we got four points for this game. Anyway, now we can look at the uh, one day stuff. Taking over my job. Sorry. Okay, this is my next point. But yes, quite the contrast. I mean, um, when we look back at previous pods, we were talking about the fact that uh, we, we made the prediction that we'd make quarters, probably semis, but it was not to be. And actually, quite a so we talked about the uh, Yorkshire game in the last pod, but Hampshire and uh, Worcestershire proved to be the better teams uh, on both those days. Um, I'd argue that you know um, I don't I don't think the the Hampshire loss um, is something to be particularly ashamed of or anything. It was you know it, it pretty even performance overall. Um, Hampshire, the numbers. What the numbers say? Have you looked? Got, look at our, our top. Hang on, top seven didn't get. No one got thirty runs. I'm just going by the numbers. I'm trying to lessen the blow. Sorry, I don't think you read can. the room. <laughs> <laughs> I think both these games. We were talking about the highs of, oh, we're finally consistent, consistently posting 300, 320 plus scores, which is a really good benchmark in this competition. Then you get into both of the games that came up and we lost it. We lost that edge, that spark of actually setting challenging totals. Yeah, that I'd agree with. If Snater hadn't bailed us out against Hampshire, that wouldn't would not have been a close game. Yeah, that'd be awful. No, no, exactly. I mean, sixty-four. That's decent, but n- oh, you know, but the only but only decent. Were Snater and Jamal Richards at thirty-one. Yeah. People do you consider tail end the batsman? Yeah, I've been trying to keep it positive, Aaron. I know, and just we can't. I mean, we went out on a dance, didn't we? we <laughs> I know, I know. I, I remember, a, I remember post, I posted on Twitter that you know that was a really disappointing way to exit the cup, and people, a lot of people were saying, "Are oh, you, you should need to focus on the positives because that you know we've got a lot of the young players come through and they perform well over the competition." That wasn't what I was saying. I was saying that the, as she was saying, the way we exited was just so, like, like an deflated balloon. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was in our hands. We were what third or fourth at the end of that last podcast. Mm. We had the second. Yeah, we had Worcestershire, then Hampshire, didn't we? In terms of yeah, Worcestershire, then Hampshire, and Worcestershire at the time were the second worst team with a run rate of something silly like minus one point something. So it should have been. An easy game, actually. They finished bottom at the end. 
heavily boosted by us. Um, so we just threw it away. We, I, I, maybe it was complacency that we were going to get through, but that was that. Do you think that both games were away had something to do with it, potentially? I mean, I know we won away at Kent, but... We consistently, we've done better at, in this in this particular competition. We've done better at home than we have away, consistently. I think that's true of every format. I don't think away necessarily matters. I think the hundred probably matters. It's it's hard for Worcestershire. Yeah, Worcestershire. but for us, I'd I'd say. The the, it's a young squad. We've got the naivety of not knowing how to manage situations in games. And in those games, you need some experience to actually just be like, look, do the job, don't worry about the consequence or whatever. You know, we're ignorant talking from the outside in. Because it is such a young squad, more variance is likely to happen because they haven't got that kind of wise head around them to direct them as they need to be. Yeah, Wesley, hasn't there with captain, but I, I, fa- I found him an odd choice to be captain, to be honest, in one day format. I guess who else, it, from that from that group, though, who else would you have chosen? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the the options are pretty slim pickings there. Yeah, the thing is, given that the rule in the cup is is now more about bringing young talent through and showing it off and trying to win with that. I don't know, maybe give someone who's up, you know, who might be captain in, say, five, six years' time, have a go. You know, it's a good shout if they did want to do it. Snater. Snater. I was literally going to say that. Snater. Yeah, same. <laughs> Probably the first name on the sheet in the, the shorter formats has proven himself with bat and ball, surprisingly so. Um, and considering how we used to talk about him a year or two ago, this is quite the the flip on on standing. But he could be a leader, at least in that format, for the next couple of years. And then maybe you go, right, well, if Harmer ever left us, I hope he doesn't. But if he ever did, two, three years' time, wanted a new challenge or focus more on international cricket, whatever... Snater could take over 2020 captaincy if Wesley decided you know captaincy is not for him then maybe he's another one who if he can maintain this form could take over in that sense he seems sort of alongside Sam Cook the best of the rest in terms of mentality and performance Yeah, I, I agree. Also, he's got, people forget he's got international experience. And not not like a test level, but, you know, Holland play at a reasonable level now. Um, so he's, he's, he can bring that into the game, can't he, um, with the young younger players? So, yeah. Oh, I mean, I think if we look at the positives, if you look at the first half of the campaign to summarise things, it's like, we had some very, very good performances. You know, Richards uh, coming through. It's a shame Rimmel didn't kick on the same way he did last year. 
but yeah, it's, the future's bright for Essex. I just, I just disappointed we didn't get through to the knockout phase, and also just not just a case of like as a fan. It's, it's nice to be in those. You know, knockout games are more exciting, aren't they? Because everything's on the line for that one match. But also just for the the younger players to to get used to knockout cricket. So when we need them, because um, most of them, you know, they weren't there for the T Twenty final. They they had not been through that. So yeah, just the fact that they 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 get that experience, that intense pressure where this one result really matters. Even if we get knocked out the quarter final, um, they learn from it. I don't think they don't. I don't. They don't learn anything from, you know, just fizzling out in the group stage. Other than it feels rubbish, I know. But yeah, it's on the hundred though. I think it's time to talk about the man of the hour. Yeah. And I know that we don't talk about the hundred very much because that's not a format that we all love. Unless it's uninvolved in it. The, the ring not involved in it. So they're not involved with it. So. So it's, yeah. No, I know. I, I wasn't. I wasn't exercising judgment. It was just a yeah. Um, Sam Cook. Let's talk Sam Cook player of the match so a lot of people are now talking about him like why isn't he why isn't he being caught up for England that's the big that's all the like, comments are made on social media I think that's very fair so I, I watched the 100 file uh, in the Golden Fleece in Chelmsford oh you the Golden Fleece did I was you Golden Fleece. yeah 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 I was out and about on the on the night and one of our stops was the Fleece and whilst I should have been socialising, I was watching cricket. Was that, was um, that weird when the fleece are like sport on, but at the same time a live band? There was no live band. There's a oh, bloke right. in the corner of a DJ uh, and his laptop just pumping out needlessly loud uh, <laughs> dance music that no one was interested in. Um, so two things: loads of people were watching it, going, "Why are we watching this? No, there's no Engli- um, there's no Essex players or England players in this. I don't know who they are." And I was just like. Sorry, what? Um, <laughs> you do realise that bloke who's just taken four wickets, pretty good, and plays two minutes up the road. Um, so that was surprising. But in terms of Sam Cook, I actually thought a very different version of Sam Cook turned up that game. Yeah, there was lots of sort of 60, 68 miles an hour, kilometres an hour, whatever they put it on the scoreboard. Slower cutters, deaf bowling, and other bits and pieces. And I was like. You've never really filled this role for Essex in the 2020. You've always been one of the early birds, try and get us off to a good start, not necessarily the, the killer controlled bit. Now, whether that's just format or whether it was a conscious decision for him to change approach in the 100, it's really worked for him. He's done fantastically well. Yeah, I, I think also as. Um... There's a more of a not a mature player, I'd say, but more of um oh why did it escape me today? But like he seemed like more in control of of his whole game and like really being in that that environment really really fired him up. I don't think I might be wrong. He wasn't in the T20 final, was he? Oh, I'd have to check. I think he got uh I think he came. He came on the scene a year after when we won the championship. And that some, remember that Somerset game at the side, he was like absolutely on fire. And that's when people started going, "This guy is exceptionally good." But I think the, the year before, he wasn't in the first team for that. Uh, I, think, I think 
this is this is where we're, if we ever expand, we're going to need a research team behind us just, just like pumping out stats and looking up facts and figures. Podcast first. loses money. I think there's quite a way off. <laughs> uh, anyway, my point was being if, if, if obviously it sounds like cheese is checking, but uh, that that for him to be in you know that cauldron, you know the spotlight on him. Live on just, television, a big crowd in front of him. But I, but we've talked, we've talked about Sam for quite some time now. Um, and he's matured so much. And I don't mean that in a, you know, that he was immature before. I don't mean that at all. But he seems to be a player that... Come of age, that's what I was trying Sorry? He, come of age, that's the phrase I was thinking. Come of age, that's the yeah. phrase. Yeah, absolutely. So Cook did play the final. He did oh, play sorry. in 2019. But oh. you're right. He wasn't that experienced. He was one of his sort of earlier breakthrough seasons. Same, same as Aaron Beard. You know, you had people like Bapara and Harmer and Lawrence actually taking the lead with the ball in that final. So, well, have you got the scorecard in front of you? I do have the scorecard. What was his figures in the final? Uh, so he bowled two overs for 19 runs. And if you looked at that economy against his economy now, what a remarkable improvement! Uh, he's had. Yeah, I do remember. I, my memory is that that um, really the, the the Somerset game, the really poor pitch, they got penalised for when he was swinging around corners, and that that's when I thought this guy is suddenly he's that was suddenly went from like Jamie Porter's our best bowler, our best opening bowler, to like this guy's our best opening bowler, excluding when Siddle came along. He's not, you know, important. Yeah, well, you were because because it was it, it was Porter that we were talking about more. Well, he's at the time. Year, but two, um, prior, even prior to this. Yeah. Um, our first season as a podcast. Oh, those were the days of the background noise and the clinking glasses in pubs and the whistling of the Costa coffee machine. Not like this professional outfit we've got going now. We're on Spotify now. You know you you know you made it when you're on Spotify. I think we've uh, we've come a long way, as has our our young friend Sam Cook. So I think I think it's worth us just saying. Just the only thing I'd, well done. The only thing I'd, I'd say, and it's my my argument about Porter was the same. The argument about my about Cook is the same. Is that when you listen to Test match batters, they often talk uh, talk about how. For them, bowling in the 70s, early 80s mile an hour is quite slow, which I find phenomenal. Having paced that pace, like I can't see it, you know. Um, so they say it's very slow. They find it very easy to deal with. And that's why I do, I do when Jane Porter was with Cricket of the Year and all that stuff, and he never, never got called up to England. I do think for that level of playing, he is too slow. It, I don't think Porter or Cook would make the test side for that very reason. I would say Cook is establishing himself as a very good candidate for 2020 and possibly one day, despite the slow speed, because he's got the accuracy of the variation to make life difficult, even when it's not coming in that quick you wouldn't put him on as the opener you might give him two in the middle but you probably give him the two at the very end to close it out yeah. bowl those 
off cutters, that slower ball, the mix-ups to try and keep the game close or win yeah. it, whatever the situation is. I think it. I think it's unfair. Being a bowler is a bit unfortunate that, like you know, you remember the years ago, Stuart Law played for Essex, and like he never really got many. He played two tests for Australia because he was an era of just outstanding batters for Australia. Where I think Cook's now at T Twenty level, we've got such good bowling in England at the moment. He knows Wood and you know Archer's hopefully come back off injury. And we've got such good bowlers that even like Liam Plunkett's been told you're not you're not playing again. Um. That you know, if he was open batter at his level, that if he's doing that with a bat at opening, he'd be like straight in the side. But he's competing against probably a, a golden golden age of um, bowling for England. I don't say that. No, it's just, it's, it's just um, you know, some some unfortunate, isn't it? But it sounds I like it's a question of timing. But I think he's definitely in the conversation now, when he maybe what hasn't been before. I think being on being on BBC. It will make the difference. The fact that you know that's that a lot of people, a lot of people watch that. I, I'm not seeing doing things. I'm assuming you know because apparently terrestrial. Oh no, terrestrial figures were down with 100, weren't they? Even they were. It was tenses were up, but physically there. But. Yeah, but but it but it's a profile lifting accolade, regardless, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things like, like you know, like rugby, isn't it? Like you know, with less Tigers fans, it's like. They play the international at the same time as the season, so the better your squad gets, the the more you're damaged. You know, because you get your team players called up. But like, I love you know when someone's I've missed I miss the England team being announced with England with an Essex player in the in the squad. It's a huge sense of pride that comes with that. Because you know most most of our most of our lives we've had like at least a one or two in there, and it's not since Lawrence we've not had a Essex player in the team. Well, I'm sure we'll see what the future holds for Sam Cook. You know, whatever it is, we know it's going to be good. Talking of history, we tweeted out your picture. My picture? That's on your wall in your living room. My framed picture? Yeah. Oh. Please, have you seen I it? Have, so I haven't been on socials today, so I haven't really seen anything. I've, so I've just been so it. tied up with my new job. I'll so. text it to you right now. Because I've got a funny anecdote about the bloke. If I hadn't deleted it by accident. Hang on. This oh, he's very, he's very, he's very dapper. So when you walk into my um my my living room, it's a bit like you know those wonderful photos that are um in the pavilion in, in the sort of Edwardian and uh, sort of turn of century clothing. I've got one of those. Century. It's pretty awesome, huh? <laughs> it's not that old. Tenth century. No, it looks no turn of the century. <laughs> okay. Fan de siècle, <laughs> not tenth century. It's like not a thousand years old because that'd be pretty amazing. But anyway, I researched him uh, on Wikipedia, and it's quite a funny anecdote. So he like he was um, apparently one of the best bowlers, fast bowlers ever in the Victor- in the Victorian. He was the best, the best fast bowler ever. He was like he was there, um, Brett Lee or Shoaib Akhtar, rapid, and he got a. F- 480 wickets as first wickets bear in mind he played in the Essex team that were before they were first class first class county so he got even more wickets when they were before they were recognised as a first class county anyway funny story does he was bowling um, against WG Grace and WG Grace apparently you know he's famous for like using his um, fame and aura to bully umpires to keep him in bat 
and apparently mm-hmm. he'd been doing it all day of bullying um, bullying umpires to not give him out you know that obviously that famous quote about they come to see me bat not you bowl um, <laughs> so anyway so he he bowl he absolutely cleaned up wg grace by knocking his middle and off stump out of the ground and as wg grace walked off he apparently shout, he said shouted over to him going you sure you're uh, you sure you're out there's still one stump left in the ground <laughs> grace never spoke to him again ever Oh, wow. What yeah. an exchange. That's the story I found out about him today. I was Googling. Oh, that's made that even more fun. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that at all. That just, I mean, that just makes him even cooler. So if you haven't seen the photo and you're listening to the podcast, have a look. I mean, they dress so much better in those days anyway. They look you're, um, seriously sharp. If you know the Essex Pavilion well, on top of by the by above the bar, there's a sort of the, if you look on the left, is the Edwardian Victorian um, captains, the chap with the cravat and the beard. I think his name's Owens. Uh, I remember the name because you know obvious reasons. Because you called Owen. Yeah, um, he was the captain at the time. So he, the, when you look at the board, if you want to look at how far back we're going, it's right on the far left. That bloke with the beard and the cravat is the captain when he was playing in the 1890s. That is seriously cool. And then in this picture, he's only like 24 years old. Yeah, he listed the eight. So apparently, if you, I, I, I didn't spend much time Googling, but there's uh, this interview with him in the 1950s before he died, where he talks about what Victorian cricket was like. It's one of the few accounts we've got as someone who actually lives through it, talking about Victorian cricket and what and how the pitches were like and the conditions. And, the, and, the, and apparently Yorkers were the, um, were the main line of attack for bowlers trying to York batsman out was the rather than these days a bit, bit short you know we go on a length then we talk top of off they were like straight on the toes the cricketing history then well there you go weren't expecting that then were you jeez I certainly wasn't so that is quite a story I'm very impressed thank you thank you for sharing that right so I can anchor this what? what did you say I could anchor this, my little links. Well, I feel like you're making me a bit redundant. That's right. But that's okay. I'll, I'll forgive you this once. So um, I think it's 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 worth us now uh, moving towards our um, our wrap up, really. So looking ahead to uh, the next couple of games. So. What are we thinking um, about how the, uh, well, I won't say the remainder. I won't say the remainder because we're not necessarily going to be able to get the last three games in before we pod. So I think we will do Yorkshire um, away and we will do uh, Lancashire at home. Um, What are our predictions given what we've spoken about this evening? Are we going to go out with a bang or are we going to fizzle like a puff of smoke? If we turn up and we play our game, we'll win. We know <laughs> this, is, this is the story of Essex. If we turn up and play, we are the best team. If we don't play to our potential, who knows? Do you think we're the best team in the country if we're forming an all Yes, 100%. I agree. 
all as an all round unit, do I think we have the best bat attack? No. Do I think we have the best bowling attack? No. As a squad of twelve that turns up, a hundred percent. I agree with that. We're 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 a team, aren't we? We're not a yeah. team. We're not a team. We're not a squad of a squad of superstars. We're a team, a proper team. Do you think? Well, that, I think it'll be interesting because uh, obviously Harm has been left out. The test that's going on as we speak, hasn't he? Yes. I was not been following it. I was just too concerned by the weather. I was looking at the weather for the last four days to make sure the Essex game will get on. Um, but I think you know. Assume he. I don't know how what it's like in international. You know, if he's playing, if he's playing for England, he'll be released back to his county, wouldn't he? But as the touring team, I'm not sure what the etiquette is on that. So I'm not sure if he'll be released for the Yorkshire game or not. Uh, I think he is released because I think there's a gap in their schedule. Okay. I think he definitely misses one. And then I uh, think he's back for... Well, actually, it might only be the, the last game. The Yorkshire game starts on the fifth day of the Test match, isn't it? I believe. Yes, I think it works out like that. So will he be? I think it actually may be. He's only back for one game, the last game. So will he be? So he won't be allowed out. He won't be released by South Africa for Headingley. They won't I don't go, think so. Rather than doing the drinks, you go up to Headingley. Yeah, just the way it works, and their schedule. I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure he's only around for one one game at the end. BBC did an article on it um, about his impact and what games he might miss now that he's been called up. Okay. I think, but I do think with the, now the weather's changed, we're not, we're the, the pitches aren't as dry as they were. We've got, the, we've got, finally got some rain coming through. I'm sure everyone's garden's very relieved. Um, is, you know, we're going to start to see that ball swinging more. We'd like that with Kent, we saw like, we're going to, it's going to be back to like back in April, but with harder pitches because we've had, you know, the driest summer on record. So I think we're going to see swing and then bounce, and that's going to be lethal for any pace attack. So I reckon people like Beards, Snater, Porter, Sam Cooker—they're going to be the—they're going to be the threat, not so much spin anymore. Is my prediction. So I would be surprised if Aaron Beard gets a call up. Although I know Allison did very well; he got a couple of wickets in the first innings. Is it best? His best ever first-class figures. So, but with Beard smashing it in the seconds, it's going to be a tough call for um, selectors, isn't it? I'd expect Beard to make a return before the end of the season. And I think you're right. Change of seasons. Spin. Still a factor. We, we saw it last well, two years ago at Somerset. Um, spin was a factor. Bloody pitch. But, true. <laughs> uh, wind and rain is the biggest factor. And that plays into the seamers. Yeah. And the forecast is not looking good for the next few days. Running into Monday. But I reckon that because the ground is, I mean, you got to like. I'm going, going by my pots on my balcony. Um, we've had we've had like a load of thunderstorms right in Essex, and like you go in the balcony thinking, oh, I need to water them today. Because it's been because it's so the soil, the soil is so hard, it's literally like bouncing off. And I reckon the the pitches are going to have the same thing because they've also had the addition of being rolled, so they're going the rain's not probably going to permeate much beneath beneath the um this, this playing surface so you're still going to have 
like moisture in the air to allow the ball to swing, but then also the firmness of the pitch, which you don't get in April and May. You get very, very wet pitches that have been just coming out of winter. So you still can get that bounce coming through. So I think you're going to see more like more like the Caribbean pitches in the 80s where, you know, it was swinging and bouncing. We're going to probably see that. And I, rest, I do think that with our seam attack, we're going to be, given that we're not an all-out pace attack, we haven't got pace bowlers. We've got bowlers that move the ball, swing the ball, control the ball very well. That's what, that's going to make us a formidable um, to, to, face, to, to try and bat against. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing, you know, like three, four slips in a gully in for the Yorkshire and the Lancashire match. Oh, I like it when that. Oh, it looks proper, proper quick, isn't it? Proper it quick. really does. Yeah, you I love that. Three people in the outfield and the rest all in the slip cordon. Yeah, there's just such there's just such a boldness and confidence about that, isn't it? Well, we're just going to get you out. Like that's why I love watching Harmer Bowl because like they've got you know silly mid on, silly mid off, slips, yeah. light um, leg slip. It's all great. Yeah. Arrogant cricket. Yeah. Gotta love it. Well, I, we'll see. We'll see in two weeks' time where we're at, and then we'll have a remaining game. But we won't talk about that yet because uh, we've got some uh, some ideas about what we want the end of the season to look like for us uh, as podcast. So on that um, rather ominous but uh, exciting note, uh, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me.